Hi, I'm Glenda. And I'm Lisa. And And we we are are two black black moms and a mic. Between us, we have six kids, four boys and two girls. And we're here to talk to you about everything from diapers to degrees. Welcome to our podcast. Today, we're going to talk about COVID and its different variances. We have all experienced the trauma of COVID-19 in the past 18 months. So many Black families have experienced sickness and death in their families and among their friends. And at home, it's getting kind of old, being stuck at home a lot. But we're masked up, we're social distancing, but COVID continues to breathe life into different variances. And today, we're going to talk about Omicron if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It is a new version of COVID and it seems to be transmitting rapidly and it appears to be more contagious. Yeah, that's right. In addition to COVID, now we've got Omicron and it's also the flu season. With So with all the viruses circulating, we wanted to get some insights on how to protect ourselves and our families because all these viruses going around has my head spinning. So with us today is Dr. Sandra Smith, Dr. Smith is a physician based in Richmond, Virginia, where she specializes in family medicine. She completed her residency in family medicine at Blackstone Family Medicine in Blackstone, Virginia, and she's board certified by the American Board of Family Medicine. Dr. Smith is a true hero in the pandemic. She's been on the ground since seeing patients in Richmond since the start of the pandemic in March of 2020. She's treated patients coming in with symptoms from the very beginning of the pandemic and has seen the ebb and flow of the virus in the Richmond area. Welcome, Dr. Smith. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your observations and recommendations with us. Oh, good morning, ladies. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this opportunity to talk more about the coronavirus and how we can protect ourselves. Dr. Smith, please help us understand the differences between these COVID-19 variances. So the various variants we most recently have found out about Omicron are under the big umbrella of the COVID-19. As with any virus that exists, as time goes on, viruses will mutate and develop newer variants. So if you listen to Dr. Fauci, a virus that can't replicate can't mutate. So that message is that everybody should get vaccinated. So as long as there's virus and there's people to reproduce in, viruses will mutate. So Omicron is just a new variant. We started with the Wuhan virus, which originated in Wuhan, China. Then we developed alpha variant. That is believed to come out of England. The next variant that caused its surge in the country, our country, was Delta, which originated in India. And now we have Omicron. There have been other variants, but they have not spread so readily. So we focus on these variants that seem to spread more readily and maybe potentially cause more serious disease. So viruses are constantly mutating. It's just that some have become prominent because of their ability to make people sick. Why should we even be scared of the Omicron virus? You know, some people could believe it's no different than the flu. So should this be something that we should be really concerned about? We should be vigilant. Should we overreact? Many scientists are saying potentially not. If we continue to use our mitigation measures, get our vaccine, wear our mask, social distance, we will protect ourselves. We are still on the lookout to find out whether Omicron is going to be more pathogenic. 
i.e. would cause more serious disease, hospitalizations, and death, and would spread more readily. Actually, sometimes less pathogenic diseases spread more readily because they don't make their hosts as sick. So those hosts are not so incapacitated. The Omicron may end up not being too bad in terms of the amount of disease it causes. Right now in South Africa, it looks like it doesn't cause as severe disease as Delta. But they said we can't yet use South Africa as an example because the people that are getting it in South Africa are mostly young people. Their population is much younger than ours. And that younger population doesn't tend to get as sick anyway. So the jury's still out on Omicron. It's going to take a few more months to really collect enough data to understand it. It may be that Delta continues to be our predominant variant that's causing severe disease in our country, even though we've started to see some Omicron here. So the fact that I've had two shots and a booster, am I protected against Omicron? Yes. The thing to understand about vaccines, it's not absolute protection against getting diseased. That's not how vaccines work. That's not how any vaccine that we've ever received works. The purpose of vaccines is to minimize disease, to minimize severity, minimize mortality. And what has been found is if you get the booster, you have the maximum protection. So if you've had a vaccine, you've had the initial series, it is important to go ahead and get the booster because it's found that that booster helps decrease the likelihood of getting breakthrough, of getting very sick, becoming hospitalized, or even dying. Are they working on vaccines specifically for Omicron, or is that even necessary? That's a very good question, Lisa. There's continuous monitoring and development of vaccines in order to respond to variants. So the manufacturers of these vaccines, you know, Johnson Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, are constantly looking for variants and tweaking the existing vaccines so they are able to control or mitigate the development of disease with new variants. So like I got a COVID test and I asked if they send it to get tested for Omicron, but they said that they don't send it. So how are they keeping track if they're not testing for Omicron so readily? The tests that are more likely to be sent for a variant testing are the ones that go to LabCorp, which are the PCR tests, because those samples are collected and a random percentage of them are screened to see what variants. So the state does variant Uh testing and large universities that do research do variant testing. And we go back to South Africa. Now, South Africa is unique because it has a highly developed genomic sequencing platform. And that arose from their having to deal with HIV, which is so prevalent in their community and Mm -hmm. in that country. So they were ahead on the science of genomic testing for viruses. So that's sort of irritated South Africa and the WHO is that they're being singled out because of Omicron. You know, people can't travel from South Africa, which is actually pretty ridiculous because they didn't actually have to tell us this information. They're just so far ahead on the science of detecting the new variants that they let the world know because the rest of the world hadn't caught up. So it may Mm -hmm. have been a month before the U.S. had recognized that there was a new variant or some of the other countries. So this isolation that they created and not letting people come from South Africa is, is actually counterproductive. You know, we need to be sharing data and information and helping each other. But 
the way it is, politics the way it is, is how things pan out. But yeah, because um, I've I've read yeah. that it's like it's already in like nineteen states. Yeah, it's in 20, you know, 20, even 20, with the travel 20. restrictions. Yeah, and it's just climbing. Right. right. So you know, is Omicron that bad? We don't know yet. So far, we haven't seen anything that suggested it creates any more severe disease than Delta, which we are dealing with right now. That is a lot of information to take in and to understand. But the most important thing is, I think I heard you say, is that people need to make sure they get vaccinated, social distance, and keep wearing a mask. Yeah, vaccinations, the same things that we've been hearing this whole pandemic, get vaccinated before vaccines were developed. Wear your mask, social distance, stay away from crowds of people, and then get tested. And now, of course, with the vaccine, get your vaccine, get your booster. If you haven't had the vaccine, get it. If you haven't had the booster, get it. What about the COVID restrictions are getting lifted, although some are getting re-implemented, you know, depending on your locality. So, but what you're saying is sort of take personal responsibility, even if your locality isn't putting into place or isn't re-implementing the restrictions that we had before. Right. Politics gets in the way of all of this. It clouds the picture, unfortunately. So just remember, everybody should keep in their head the things that they know they can do to protect themselves. Stay away from crowds. Wear your mask. Even if your local government is saying, oh, you don't need to, you do what you think is right. And to protect yourselves and your family members. That's a good question. What happens if someone in your family gets Omicron? What do you do? Do you do the same uh, quarantine process or what are the symptoms like? Yeah, it's COVID. I mean, Omicron is COVID-19. It's just one of the variants. You you treat that individual just like you treat an individual who had one of the original variants. You're going to have to isolate. The whole family is going to have to isolate. We see this in our school system and in our office. We see it all day, every day. A child in a class gets covid that group of kids, the parents are notified, people come in for testing, and then those kids are having to stay home and be quarantined till they either express disease or they've been out for 10 days so that after 10 days, people are not contagious. After that period, some localities say 10, some say 14. Do we really need a flu shot then? You know, we're protected against COVID. We've gotten the booster. Now you're telling me we need to get a flu shot. Like, really? Another excellent question, ladies. Yes. As many people know already, we didn't see, we saw hardly any flu last year. And the reason was, one of the big reasons was kids were not in school. Mm. Kids, usually five and six-year-olds, are the big spreaders of influenza virus. This year, just in the last few weeks, we've started to see a surge in influenza. Mm. I've already seen more influenza in the past week than I had seen all last year. So we do need our vaccine. I've already had my influenza vaccine in addition to my booster. So that is important because influenza creates its own set of medical issues and there are different viruses. So one vaccine does not protect you from, like influenza virus doesn't protect you from COVID. COVID vaccine doesn't protect you from Um, I think that's worth repeating. Yes. Just like any other virus, we get measles, mumps virus. Measles virus doesn't protect you from COVID. Influenza virus doesn't take you protect you from COVID. COVID vaccine doesn't protect you from influenza virus. So you have to get the vaccine that is specific for that particular virus. 
But what do you see coming? It seems like with all these mutations, it seems like we're going to be getting boosters and new vaccines foreseeable future. That may be a possibility. This virus is still really new and the data is still coming in. There's some theories that the virus may likely weaken over time mm-hmm. and not create a severe disease as these mutations go on. We do know that if we can get the population, which is the entire globe vaccinated, that will help get rid of COVID. We may end up with a situation where COVID is endemic. There's small pockets that break out from mm-hmm. season to season, uh, maybe like a seasonal flu, and that we may have to get a vaccine every year, every six months, every two years. But we won't know that for a period of time until more data comes in because this is still new. It's a new virus. So, Dr. Smith, I'm curious, do you have any statistics of like where this Omicron is Delta, since Delta has not gone away, it's just you're not hearing about it as much right now. What cities or states are showing the peaks? Well, now they do believe and they are certain that we do have community spread of Omicron. So one of the first cases was in San Francisco maybe two weeks ago, a person who had traveled to South Africa. Mm -hmm. But right now, Delta is still the predominant virus in this country. And we're, we're not sure yet. There's been a theory that Delta and Omicron maybe get to the point where half and half in terms of which variant is existing at any one time in our country. But right now, Delta is the predominant virus here. Some of the larger cities where it was originally brought in from outside, the Omicron is more prevalent, but we're already seeing community spread. Whereas in South Africa, Omicron is the predominant variant, but here it's still Delta. Is Delta causing death as readily as COVID did initially? The Omicron or the, the like Delta? Delta? No, Delta. Delta is more virulent than the Alpha. Alpha was one that caused a big surge in New York early on. But Delta was more severe in some of the disease it caused in uh, hospitalizations and death. Not a big amount, but it did, it did seem to cause more severe disease. And that was one that originated in, in India. And are the people who experience the greatest, I guess, medical emergency or medical issues, do they fall in certain categories, like in terms of age? Yes. As with most diseases, these viruses, including influenza, most seriously affect the elderly and people who are immunocompromised, folks Mm -hmm. who are on immunosuppressive drugs or receiving chemotherapy. The elderly were definitely most affected by covid they have the highest rate of disease, the highest rate of death. And fortunately, elderly people recognized how severely they were affected. So they were the first population in this country to get 80% full vaccination, even those um, people on both sides of the political spectrum. Um, Dr. Smith, do you see the numbers higher in the Black community? or Yes. Another great question. Why is that? Systemic racism exists. So uh-huh. Systemic racism is going to affect everything. Healthcare, economics, education. So you cannot get rid of racism in this country. So any aspect of our daily living is going to be affected by racism. And so healthcare and healthcare disparities are going to be affected by coronavirus. So you had the collision of the pandemic of racism and coronavirus, and we see that really highlighted these healthcare disparities. BIPOC communities don't have the access to healthcare. There's biases among providers and physicians. 
healthcare infrastructure does not support communities of color and their access to healthcare. So that's why you see, you saw, and they, they have a lack of education and information in their communities to help them avoid becoming sick. And then they have a disproportionate amount of chronic disease and illness. And these disparities were highlighted during this pandemic, as we saw more people of color die, get sick, and suffer long-term side effects of the virus. Do you think some of this is, has been alleviated a little bit, at least with respect to, you know, Black communities or Black people being willing to get the, the vaccine? And I think that has been highlighted. So there have been proactive measures to better inform the Black community and communities of color, disadvantaged communities of the dangers of COVID, having testing more available in these communities of color and having vaccines more available in communities of color. But communities of color, just like other majority communities, are influenced by politics, social media, and um, conspiracy theories. So that's one, the biggest barrier we have to fight among all communities. Yeah, since we're talking about communities, why do you think hesitation is regarding athletes and getting this vaccination or vaccine? Those folks are influenced by social media and conspiracy theories, just like any the average Joe. And unfortunately, they're so highly visible. They have this platform that it influences the people that follow them. So they're just humans like the rest of us, but they are highly visible and we know what they're always doing, even if it's not the right thing. And unfortunately, they're heroes to some folks and uh, they're sending them the wrong message. Yeah, I mean, because they're as stupid as everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the answer. But what I mean, like, there's nothing about being a professional athlete or being athletic that the vaccine would diminish your athletic ability, right? I mean, there's been no study about that, right? No. And then, you know, so there's, you know, I'm sure there's that chatter among them. But, you know, the thing to remember is most athletes have been responsible and have gotten their vaccines. It's just that you have these really high-profile people that haven't, and then that news spreads. But, you know, Mm -hmm. they say, what, 95% of NFL has been vaccinated, you know, and some high percentage of the NBA has been vaccinated. But you got these guys that, you know, you know, everybody kids look up to that have not been vaccinated. Unfortunately, they get the most focus when they really should be focusing on all the folks that do get vaccinated. Wow, that's a lot of information again. Thanks so much for sharing your knowledge base. And I'm sure there's something we didn't ask you that maybe you want to share with our audience. Yeah, let me tell you that that's something I do want to share. So by March or April of 2021, 96% of physicians had been vaccinated. So I tell patients that if all the doctors are doing this, you ought to be doing this. I told a woman just two days ago who had not been vaccinated, had COVID, and I said to her, you're pretty brave. I'd be scared to death to have been walking around the last year without having gotten a vaccine. And she looked at me with these alarms. It's like, yeah, you know, if all the doctors are doing it. Right. And all the doctors have their political views, just like everyone else. You've got 
a lot of people on the extreme right, but they all got their vaccine right. for about 4%. Right. That's very telling. So no, we appreciate this because with all this evolving information about viruses, it does get kind of confusing. But as you said, it's important that we remain informed and be vigilant about taking care of our own health and making responsible healthcare decisions for ourselves. And the rules are changing constantly. Right. The information changes, so the science changes. So people say, well, you're just saying something different a month ago, but there are reasons why, you know, the messaging from like CDC and the experts changes because they're getting new data that it more informs them and they can in turn inform the public. Yeah, I don't think people fully understand that. That's because people don't really fully understand the importance of science because we live in a country that, you know, rewards football players and not science teachers. So there is that. That's a whole nother podcast. So Dr. Smith, I just really want to thank you for coming on today and talking to us about this very important topic and You enlightened me and I thought I knew a lot about what was happening with it and your expertise and the fact that you have been out there fighting and helping people with this since the start is remarkable. And I just want you to know that I personally really appreciate it. That's right. And um, for anyone out there listening to our podcast, thank you so much. But remember, as with any personal medical concern that you may have, you should reach out to your medical doctor for guidance. So thank you again, Dr. Smith. We appreciate your coming onto our show and um, and sharing your very important insights. And we appreciate all of the information that you've provided for us today. Hey, thanks for joining us today. This is Glenda. And this is Lisa. Two black moms in a mic and we're signing off. 